0: If you have your Bibles there, if you want to make sure you've got them out. And if you can turn to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. We're going through the parables in Luke's gospel at the moment. So Luke chapter 8. I'm going to read from 4 until verse 15. Luke chapter 8, 4 till verse 15. All right. When a great crowd gathered, and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, A sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell on the path and was trampled on, and the birds of the air ate it up. Some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered for lack of moisture. Some fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew with it and choked it. Some fell into good soil. And when it grew, it produced a hundredfold. As he said this, he called out, Let anyone who, with ears to hear, listen. Then his disciples asked him what this parable meant. He said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but to others I speak in parables, so that looking they may not perceive, and listening they may not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The ones on the path are those who have heard, then the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart so that they may not believe and be saved. The ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, they receive it with joy, but these have no root. They believe only for a little while, and in a time of testing, fall away. As for what fell among the thorns, these are the ones who hear, but as they go on their way, they're choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life. And their fruit does not mature. But as for that in the good soil, these are the ones who, when they hear the word, they hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patient endurance. Well, the process of germinating a seed is incredible. I don't know if you've ever seen the process of a seed germinating. Um, The seed needs a very specific environment to grow, and it'll, it can remain dormant. A seed can remain dormant for a long time until those environments are met. In fact, a seed can remain dormant for years, and the longest known dormancy period of a seed was a lotus seed that sprouted in 1995. The experts reckon that carbon dating would say that it lay dormant for 1,300 years, a seed lay dormant, sitting there underground for 1,300 years, then all of a sudden, the conditions were right, and boop, this just came out. Pretty cool. But when the right environments come together, the seed, it starts to sprout. The very basic needs of a seed is oxygen, water, and the right temperatures, and as you can see through that, the, the video above, the seed sort of opens up, the roots sort of come out, and it pops through the soil and begins to sprout as best it can in the way that it was designed to be. See, the seedling, it responds to the correct environments. It needs those environments to work. And this parable here reminds us that there are environments that hinder the growth of the seedling. And Jesus explains later in the passage that it doesn't, It doesn't really have anything to do with agriculture. Rather, it has a whole lot to do with faithful obedience to God and the heart of those who are there to listen. Now, through the parable of the sower, Jesus reminds us there are many, many obstacles to faith. Many obstacles to those seeds sprouting out. Many obstacles to the root systems taking place. But the responding to God's word with faith and obedience is crucial to us responding to God. Just because Jesus is God's chosen agent, just because we know the word of God penetrates right to the heart of people, it doesn't mean people are going to respond to God automatically. There are various responses that occur to the very same teaching of the word, isn't there? We know that even the most basic things, like going to the movies. You might go to the movies and you sit through this movie and you are just in awe of this movie. You come out going, what a fantastic movie. And you you turn to your mate and you say, what did you think of the movie? And he goes, oh, no good at all. you think, were you in the same movie? (laughs) Have you ever had that? Same movie, but different response. Here Jesus is saying, same seed, same word, different response response. The word doesn't change, does it? The parable doesn't point at the lesson that's taught. It's not sort of going at the seed. It's not even going at the sower, the teacher in this case. It points directly at the heart of the hearer. So what that means for us this morning is that we need to look at our own hearts. How are you hearing God's unchanging word? How open is your heart to receiving God's word today as you open your scriptures, as you share together in small groups? I wonder what soil represents your journey at the moment. So let's pray and we get stuck into unpacking these four soil types. Now God, we just ask that this morning as we dig into your word that you will Grant us the ability to understand it. May we have open hearts to hear from you. And God, if there's anything you want us to change because of your word this morning, may we be vulnerable enough to do so. God, we are yours. Speak now. Amen. So we've been getting into these parables over the last few weeks. And we've seen that Jesus draws on the basic things that that are part of everyday life to help unpack the understanding of the kingdom of God. And so once again, Jesus draws on this farming reference, the sowing of seeds in a field. And Jesus specifies these four different types of ground. He's got the road. He's got the rocky ground. He's got the thorns and the weeds, and then he's got the good soil. Each of these soils unpack a little further in the text. So Jesus sort of shares the parable, then he unpacks it to his disciples. But each soil relates to the heart of the listener. Now we need to consider that God's word is active today so that the word that goes out today can impact our hearts very, very much. However, Jesus was probably speaking specifically to different people of his time as well. And I wonder how they responded to this parable. I wonder if they stopped and listened and thought, he's talking to me. So this morning as we listen to the four types of ground that Jesus talks about, my hope is that we're honest with ourselves and honest with God, that we will check our hearts that God will turn over the path of the rocky soil, the weedy soil, until it becomes that good soil where the word is heard and the sprouts begin to sprout. So we hear in this story, of uh, this parable, Jesus begins his message to a large crowd. We're told they've been coming to Jesus from town after town. And I wonder who would have been part of that town. I reckon there were all sorts of people that would have been there with Jesus. Some were probably wanting to hear more about this man who they've been watching him do great miracles, watching him heal. Some who are intrigued by his teaching, some who are disturbed by it, some who it threatens their very existence because they're the main religious guys in the town. It threatens their understanding of who God is. There's all sorts of people in this crowd. There would have been onlookers that were drawn because the crowd was there. A crowd draws a crowd. And so he speaks to to the crowd in this parable. But he explains it in depth to his disciples. And in verse 11, Jesus tells us that the seed is the word of God. Now when Jesus talks about the word of God, he doesn't sort of do this. The seed is the word of God. He doesn't hold up his Bible and go, this is the word of God. He's referring to the, the revelation that, that comes from the message of this coming kingdom. His word is the word that he's talking about. The people are continuing to wait for the Messiah to come and lead them into this new, new place, no longer ruled by the Roman oppression. But Jesus, he speaks through his parables of a kingdom that is different to what many expect. And those who are listening will hear about this kingdom in a, in a way that reflects where their heart is. Now, before I look into those four soils, I want to make a comment regarding the the longevity of this parable. Obviously, when you plant a seed, you don't just want a seedling grow up. It's pretty exciting when it breaks through the the ground, isn't it? You go, oh, look at that, it's coming through. Even uh, when the kids bring grass home from from school, it's like, oh, here's the grass. But that's not the end goal, is it? When you plant something, you want to see a zucchini on it or something. You want to see the fruit. You don't just want to see the, the little sprout, don't you? The end goal is the fruit. In this parable, we don't hear about the fruit, do we? We don't hear about the tree that grows the fruit. We're just looking for the seedling. But we know that fruit isn't an overnight exercise. You know, a seedling might come up in a couple of days. Seedlings, they take that time to germinate. When the the times are right, it starts to work. But bearing fruit takes a long time, doesn't it? So whilst this parable may talk about sowing a seed, which is this momentary action, I think there's something longer happening in this parable as well. We can't just have a a one-off response to the word of God, can we? It can't just be, all right, I've done that, tick that box, move on. Our response to God's word that's given to us must be ongoing, must be continual. Just as seedlings need water and the tree needs light for it to grow, the Christians cannot expect to hear the word once, respond, maybe in an incredible way, maybe in a life-transforming way for sure, but expect that to keep their heart going with Christ. Discipleship is an ongoing process. It has to be an ongoing process. As God's people, we need to continue to be open to God's Word because the weeds, they can grow in and strangle very, very quickly. So this message isn't about just a one-time hearing. It's about continuing to listen to God through His Word, continuing to be challenged by God in His Word, continuing to check where your heart is at. So saying that, let's now look at those four soils. The first soil is all about the hard heart. So in verse 5, Jesus tells us about the seed that fell on the path. And this seed, it was trampled on and the birds ate it up. We have many crows that come and terrorise our chickens, the poor things. And uh, these these crows, they come and eat all of its food that that isn't in its pen. So these crows just come and you can see they start to just, they don't care what's there. They just trample over everything. It just gets mushed up and it's useless. Now verse 11, Jesus clarifies to his disciples that the seed was the word of God and that those along the path are the ones who hear Yet the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart. They may not believe and they may not be saved. There are people who actually seem really interested in the message. They're there. They actually hear the message. The message, the words are there. Otherwise, they wouldn't even be in the story. Perhaps they listen even. But perhaps they've got a different motive for listening Perhaps they're interested in God's word because they assume they, they can listen to it, this, that, that, that perhaps, perhaps it's for someone else. But we, we, we see that in this, in this scenario, there's no chance for them to take root. It's hardened to the seed. The seed can't dig in. And so the birds, it's easy pickings for them. So in Jesus' times, perhaps Jesus was talking to the, the people he called whitewashed tombs. Those Pharisees, the scribes that, that we have had a look at last week. Those people who, when Jesus forgave a paralysed man in Matthew 9, they said, oh, you can't do that. The scribes who accused him of blasphemy. When Jesus and his disciples walked the cornfields of the Sabbath and they picked a little bit of the corn, they were there watching like hawks so that they can just accuse him. They hear the word, but they don't hear it for a kingdom perspective. They hear it because they don't want their temple, their own kingdom, to be changed. Their hearts are so hard to the word. They can't penetrate. Maybe in your scenario, maybe you've chatted to your neighbours, your friends, you've brought up polite conversation You might have told them you're a Christian, and at that stage they put their hand up and walk the other way. Perhaps you've been able to share a little bit about your faith journey with them, but they've never really engaged. They're polite, they're nice to you, but never engaged. And you think, God, what's going on here? I've prayed for them. I long to see them know Jesus. I would love the opportunity and they just never seem to be open to it. You know what? Sometimes the word of God just isn't accepted. It can be presented in the most amazing ways but sometimes it's just not accepted. We can't go in and start breaking the ground ourselves, can we? But the hope is that it's never out of God's ability to do so. So keep praying for them. You might have been one of those people in your life as well. It might have been you that had such a hard heart towards God. And someone told you again and again and again, and God just slowly just dug into that hard heart. The second heart is the shallow heart. The next soil is this rocky ground, this shallow soil that, that when it the, 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 the came up, the plants withered because there was no moisture in the ground. Those roots that we saw at the start, they couldn't dig into the soil because there was no soil to dig into. There was just a rocky undercrop. So Jesus tells us in verse 13 that those on the rocky ground are those who receive the word with joy. They receive it with Joy. But they have no roots. They believe for a while, but in a time of testing, they fall away. We had a vegetable garden when we lived in Newport, and we loved our vegetable garden, and the tomatoes just grew like crazy. So we tried to plant carrots, now, we'd never planted carrots before, so we tried from seeds to plant carrots. And it was so exciting to watch these, the, the tops of these carrots sort of sprout out, and then all of a sudden you see the actual top of the carrot, not just the, the top of the leaves, you see the actual carrot. And so we thought, they're getting to a decent size. Let's pick one out. And so we did. We pulled it up, and guess what? It was like that. <laughs> it fat and squat. <laughs> Funny little carrots. And we're like, what's going on there? Well, we knew... At the end, or sort of dug into the ground, it was like clay underneath. They just couldn't go any deeper than the little squat that they had. <laughs> they didn't have a chance to go anywhere. I wonder if Jesus, in, in, in speaking to the people that were there, uh, was speaking to people who perhaps they were looking for a Messiah. Perhaps they were longing for a Messiah. And they'd seen Jesus and they thought, this is our guy. This is the one They were excited to see Jesus stand up and he's making a difference. He's healing people. He's talking about a kingdom that's coming. Surely this is the guy that's going to come and help us out. They didn't realise that the kingdom that Jesus was proclaiming wasn't a crash and bash sort of kingdom. They jumped on board when it sounded like it was going to suit their plans. They were ready to proclaim the new king. But when Jesus didn't play the role that they expected of him, or they'd hoped, they were disenchanted. They felt a sense of betrayal. And Jesus, when Jesus was taken prisoner, they, they were nowhere. They called crucify him, crucify him. Others followed because they saw these amazing things that Jesus had done. Who wouldn't want to follow someone who could do these things? Yet like the teacher in Matthew eight, who enthusiastically came to Jesus and claimed, Teacher, like the person in death Teacher, I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied to him, Foxes have dens and birds have nests. The Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Now Jesus was letting him know, if you're going to follow me, it means that you're not going to fit into the world around you. It could get tough. You won't be able to go the way that you've been going it's going to be different in this kingdom. Are you going to be on board with that? Those who hear the word and only have a shallow bed of soil, they're like my carrots. They just can't grow in the way they're meant to. They look like they might accept the seed, but the growth is stunted. Perhaps they've become followers of Jesus, for sure. But... As soon as a hardship comes along, they lose interest. As soon as they realise the cost of discipleship is hard, then maybe they go a step backwards. Maybe it's a spiritual high of a conference or an encounter with God and we've got to be praying for these Teen Street kids that after their experience with God, that, that they will be able to dig in and connect with one another and Instagram each other and share with each other their their journey and their stories so that they don't just have that conference high and when it gets hard again, they go back to where they're from or go back in their step of, of walk with Jesus. And sometimes, many times, people have that commitment and when it gets tough, when it's not working out for them, or when the church doesn't suit their needs anymore, they step back from the church. The reality is discipleship is hard, isn't it? It's a hard journey. And when it doesn't solve your problem, it can be disheartening. And the truth of the gospel gets lost in the shallow soil. And the roots can't penetrate down enough. And maybe, maybe you've come to church today and it's the first time you've been to church for Six months, eight months, ten months. Maybe you're online and it's the first time you've been online for a long time. And you think, but at least I've come once. Maybe you come to church twice a month, but then you start making excuses as to why you should only come once a month. Maybe you think, oh, I'll go to Bible study or connect group. And then you think, oh, actually, there's too much on. I won't do this anymore. You know, the soil just gets shallower, doesn't it? That shallow soil loses its roots really quickly. Soon enough, the seedling is dead. No depth of soil means there can't be any growth. The third heart is the strangled heart. Now, the third soil in verse 7 was a soil where seeds fell among the thorns in which they grew up and they choked the plants. We see it in our garden. <laughs> verse 14 tells us the seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear... But as they go on their way, as choked by life's worries, riches and pleasures, and they do not mature. I think one of the reasons I'm not a good gardener is I don't like weeds. <laughs> I don't like them at all. I don't like pulling them out. And you pull them out and you think, I've got them all, and then two weeks later they're all back again because you didn't pull out the, the, all, the, all the roots and stuff. Oh frustrating (laughs) i find it very annoying but it's not great for our plants and i see it in our garden we have this i don't know what the weed is but it's really sticky i don't know if you come across that sticky weed it's gross stuff it gets stuck on you but it gets wrapped around your roses wrapped around everything it's just awful stuff and you can see that it's just trying to strangle what it gets Hmm. the other problem with weeds is that they take the nutrients and the water and that our plants actually need don't they So our plants can't grow real well when there's stacks of weeds around. The soil's is is rich. The seeds do grow. But the seedlings are competing so much with the thorns and the weeds that they soon get choked. And what's the result of a a, a choked seedling? Well, they can't produce a fruit. So the, the rich young ruler might fit into this scenario. There was some good soil here. He was eager to hear and be part of the kingdom of God. But the plant couldn't grow with the thorns and the weeds sort of of wealth and riches that he had growing around him. He was eager to be with Jesus, to follow Jesus. He was eager to serve and obey the law. Yet he had to wrestle with what it really meant to follow Jesus. Jesus tells him that he had to sell what he has and give to the poor. And the scripture says this, But when the young man heard that, that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Following Jesus means sacrifice, doesn't it? When I think of the rich young ruler, most of us don't put ourselves in that category, do we? When we think of rich, we think of multiple cars, big houses, holiday houses, latest gadgets, the technology coming out of your ears. Yet rich in the eyes of someone like an orphan is just someone who has a shelter over their head. Rich in the eyes of someone who is alone and homeless is anyone that can buy food. Rich in the eyes of a single mother is having a night out once a month. What it actually means to be rich is relative, isn't it? The seeds that are sown into rich soil are continually fighting against the distractions of a, a life that we want to live. A good life. The longing to be rich. The seedling grows and engages in this immense battle with the position you've made for yourself in society that you have to keep on going to stay there. It battles against your money that you rely on. It fights against the longing for more, more wealth, more possessions, more status, more laughs, more likes on Facebook. Jesus says not seek first Acceptance in Facebook. Jesus says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. The strangled heart likes the idea of seeking the kingdom, seeking first the kingdom, seeking first his righteousness, but yet often seeks first a better job. Often seeks first more popularity. Often seeks first more notoriety. Seeking the kingdom sort of fits in to the lifestyle And so often within that, the distractions get bigger and bigger and the weeds start to engulf us and tangle us up. The amplified version of Mark's gospel account of this passage is is really quite enlightening. It says this in Mark 4. And others are the ones whom, whom seed grow among the thorns. These are the ones who have heard the word, but the worries and cares of the world, the distractions of this age with their worldly pleasures, the deceitfulness, the false security or glamour, Of wealth or fame, and the passionate desires for all the other things, they creep in and choke out the word, and it becomes unfruitful. There are so many cares of the world, distractions of this age that can draw us away from God, isn't there? Glamour or wealth, fame, and I don't mean being a celebrity in the world, I mean fame in your own workplace fame or the longing to be known in your streetscape, whatever it may be, but they can, crowd, they can crowd in. And the final word, it can be really unfruitful. Perhaps you've seen this on your faith journey. Perhaps in your own life you've seen this. Things creep in. It's almost unnoticed. And you find yourself wondering, well, how did that even get there? How did that happen? How did I get so distracted from the kingdom Without even knowing it. Eyes are taken off Christ, and eyes are left with the thorns. So we've gone through these three the the, the, the road, the rocky ground, and the thorny ground. But then Jesus comes to this open heart. An open heart. It's a fourth soil. This is a good soil, the fertile soil. The soil that says in verse 8, That came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. That's a good crop. (laughs) Verse 15 says, But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble heart and a good heart, who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. The soil brings this incredible return. It's the type of return that farmers want, a hundred times more than was sown. That's really good business. And it's the kingdom growth that Jesus is seeking, isn't it? People who become disciples, who are fully invested in Jesus, will actually want to disciple others to be fully invested in Jesus. Growth isn't just for one plant. A plant then sprouts and seeds other plants, doesn't it? It's not just for the one. We're not told what nutrients go into that soil to make it good soil. Jesus doesn't say, well, if you get this sea salt, so no, sea soil, that stuff that you pour on, the sea salt, if you get some of that and mix it with a little bit of water, and that, and this is going to make you good soil. He doesn't say that. We're not told what the farmer has ploughed into it for hours. But what we seem to know is that the soil, the good soil, has less in it. It has less rocks. Has less thorns, it has less hardness, has less cares, has less worries, it has less distractions. Less of the things around us actually leave more space for the seed to sprout and produce fruit. So, we've got to ask the question: How do we keep this soil from becoming rocky or from becoming full of thorns or Even worse, becoming like that road where the birds just come and peck it away. Jesus gives us that answer. He says, Those with a noble and good heart who hear the word and retain it. The key to producing fruit in the kingdom of God is being of noble heart and hearing and retaining the word of God. The soil that brought forth this grain, this this fruit, growing up and increasing, was one where they heard the word and they retained it. Perhaps Jesus was talking about his disciples. Or perhaps he was saying to his disciples at this stage, this is where you need to get to. But when Jesus is arrested, what happens? They run. The thorns grow. Creep in again. Yet after his death, he revealed himself to them again. And that is where they were changed. They became kingdom disciples who were willing to disciple others who would see this this new thing called the church grow up. They were willing to die for Jesus, they had an open heart. Their soil was now fertile. Didn't mean that at some stage it was rocky. Didn't mean at some stage it had the thorns going through it. But now it was fertile, open to Jesus. The reality of this parable is that the soil has no ability to change its own situation, which is a bit of a bummer, really. <laughs> Because it could imply that only one in four people are going to bear the, God's word. It could imply that those where seed lands on the road may never get into the kingdom of God or connect with God in any way, shape or form. Is it saying that one in four are just going to miss out? Those who root, whose roots can't really take shape, well, it's bad luck for them. <laughs> it could be that you could read into it that there's a lack of hope. But there is hope in this story. And the hope of our lives is that whilst we can't do anything to change our nature, the, who, who we are, God does. God can. The divine gardener, the sower, he's the one that can break up the hard ground. He's the one that can up, upend the rocks. He's the one that, that pulls out the thorns and the weeds. This is the hope that we must Cling to. So if you've listened today and gone, you know what, maybe my heart isn't in that good soil at the moment. Take hope because the gardener is nurturing your heart. As you listen and take hold of the word of God, the gardener tills the soil so that that soil may sprout these beautiful sprouts and then sees fruit grow up. Ezekiel 36, 25, 27 talks of hard hardness. He says, I'll sprinkle clean water on you and you'll be clean. I'll cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I'll remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I'll put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. God changes hearts. God changes nurtures the heart. But it's only God that can do that. The parable of the sower helps us to consider our heart. And I wonder where your heart is at this morning. I wonder where your journey of faith is going at the moment. It's not just a today thing. This is an ongoing thing. I wonder if you're hearing the word and taking it in and applying it into your life. I wonder if you're working towards some real fertile soil. Let's pray. Our Lord and God, we thank you that you are, you are the sower, that we are not having to sow the seeds and plant the seeds and, and then grow them up in our own lives, but you are the sower. Your word digs deep into our lives. Lord, may we be open to hearing from you. That God, may we be open to hearing uh, your word. May we hold it fast in our lives. May we not lose it. May it not just be brought in and taken out again. May we study it. May we get to know it. May we understand it. May you speak to us through it. That we may be disciples who bear fruit for you. May your kingdom be enhanced because of the Soil that is rich in this church. We give you thanks and praise. Amen.